Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense or knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. My guest today is a world traveler, someone who's extremely generous, a person who's an innovator, who is strongly driven with a scientific mind and attitude, but is also a person who embraces her inner knowing. Today, my guest is Dr. Renee Purdy. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. Oh, I'm excited about today because even just in our brief intro to the podcast, I'm like, oh, I've got so many stories. Looking forward to hearing about them. So tell us about yourself. I grew up in Moncton. And when I was 17, I left for university. I, I didn't want to leave, but I never came back until I moved back to Moncton five years ago. I First, I went to university to, at Dal in Halifax. Mm-hmm. Then I took a year off. I did a program called Canada, Canada World Youth that brought me to Quebec and West Africa. After that, I went to McGill and I finished my undergrad at McGill. Oh, wow. Yeah. After then, I went to a couple of years after finishing that, I went to study naturopathic medicine in Toronto. So it was probably about a 15 year period that I left Moncton before coming back once I finished studying. Wow. And you were a homebody. I was a homebody. I didn't want to leave. Neat. But I never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. I know a little bit. It's brought a lot of things that travel. (laughs) It's brought, yeah, it's brought kind of quite a few uh, life lessons, quite a few experiences. I think all of those experiences together brought me to naturopathic medicine, brought me to bringing a lot of things together in in how I live, how I work, and everything that I do now. I think you had to leave the country to meet your husband. <laughs> Perhaps I met him, um, that was in 2007 in Ecuador. Yeah. That a trip amazing. going back to Ecuador after having been away for a year. I studied one year in Ecuador actually of my undergrad. Went back, met him in Ecuador. Yeah. Incredible. And I would expect that all of the travel abroad kind of enriches your practice. So I definitely think it does. It brings a lot of different perspectives on life, on values, on living life in different ways from different perspectives, I think helps maybe understand people or bring more depth to my own life experiences and what I'm able to offer people. Yes. And just even, I would expect the pace of West Africa, the pace of Central and South America, yeah, and the pace of Canada, even versus the United States, but even the pace of Toronto. Exactly. I always think of adrenals when I think of slowing down, or I think of adrenals in terms of my old corporate life and how it was the 60 hours on Hungry Now diet and the lovely little burnouts happened. I think that so many other cultures don't know what the word burnout is. No, it doesn't exist. Right? In a lot of places, it doesn't exist. (laughs) In places where you have a two-hour nap after lunch, 
or a two hour lunch break, even there's that time to rest. There's that time, you know, that lull in the day that we think we should have, but it's actually quite normal to have a bit of a, a decrease in energy. We try to push through it here. For me, actually, now I see those experiences and living in other countries in different cultures as like a repeated lesson that I had oh. to learn to slow down. Interesting. You know, because I'm, I'm one of those people who tries to push through and everything needs to be done. So it's kind of repeatedly teaching me to slow down. How many of your travel took you to those yeah. lessons? And it's still, my daughter now is slow. Really? Or my husband is, when it's time to leave, he's not ready. So I still get the lessons. Yeah, patience. Patience, slow down. Slow down. Yeah, my favorite animals are also turtles and sloths. Interesting. So I think slowing down is a big theme in my life, actually. Yeah, wow. It is cool how we're presented things that uh, we need to balance us out, eh? That, that Chinese yeah, yeah. medicine scenario of yin and yang. Definitely, right? exactly. You're, yeah. the, you're enough yang for two individuals who are yin. <laughs> exactly. And I try to, I, I work on it. I really do work on it. <laughs> well, and to think of that two hours that so many cultures not hadn't even thought about that aspect and how we do want to have a nap after we eat yeah and, and little people nap at daycare and yeah. you know at home and yet we think to ourselves like that's my most productive time or what exactly that's part of my work day I can't be tired I need to focus mm-hmm. but I have a hard time focusing my concentration my productivity my creativity is better in the morning Mm-hmm. And then maybe for a part of the afternoon, but we don't follow those natural cycles. We kind of try to go right. go against them. Well, in one of my other podcasts, Linda Stewart lives in France and she moved from here to France. And she's like, nobody talks to anybody for those two hours. It's an insult yep. to show up at somebody's doorstep asking for yeah. a screw or a nail or something yep. during that two hours or, or Sunday. Yeah. Exactly. And we don't even have Sunday. I know we don't. Yeah, exactly. We, I was in Argentina once with my parents and my husband. I was pregnant and we drove over from Chile. We got there right after lunch. I'm expecting to have lunch. And when we got there, everything was closed. Every single store was closed because it was that time of the day. Everything was going to be closed for two hours. We found one store, grabbed like maybe a bag of chips and that's what we had until the stores opened again because it's it's strict people working at tim hortons and hospitals and first responders and teachers yeah and kids exactly even kids now burning out yeah and beautifully we have all these different cultures moving to new brunswick or to canada and we're not allowing them to influence us no not it's, at all. This is our pace of life. This is your work schedule that you will follow. Yeah, rather than maybe learning or maybe learning from others. Following. Like, I always think about how, you know, the owner of the dog and the dog or the owner of the horse and horse. Well, I'm the master, right? I know best. And how often these animals teach us stuff. <laughs> Who's smarter? So it's kind yeah. of like we're doing that culturally. We think we're we're smarter, but our system's broken. I agree. I think that we live, we try to live at a pace that's totally unsustainable. And I feel that I'm able to say that because I've lived it. Mm -hmm. I've experienced it firsthand. And it's a pace that we can't do that and stay healthy and be happy 
and live life to its fullest if we're trying to keep up with all these demands, all these to-dos. And participate in our relationships. Exactly. (laughs) That's the thing that sometimes is the one that gets put last is the participating in the relationships because we need a paycheck. Exactly. Or whatever the case may be, right? One of the other podcast ladies, Natalie Lockhart, she talked about heads up, which is putting the technology piece away more often. Yeah. Because that sometimes is work-driven, but sometimes it's just an addiction-driven thing. So I'm interested in something that you want to replace the technology with that you've created called exactly My Soul Challenge. Yeah. Tell us about how you got here. Sure. They are a deck of cards, a beautiful deck of cards that Renee has created from scratch and yep. life experience. <laughs> Tell us about My well, Soul Challenge. I started working on My Soul Challenge um, after I kind of, I had a bit of an idea of wanting to create something that I felt really proud of and something that was kind of cool. Um, and several months after kind of thinking about that, writing about that, the idea for My Soul Challenge came together from several conversations. And it was one of those ideas that was just like, oh, that's like, I'm going to do that one. Right. I think we all get these ideas that are great ideas, but we don't actually we don't act on them. So this was the one. All right. I'm going to do this one. My soul challenge for me is also came at a time that was very, very difficult. Personally, at home, at work, I was doing exactly what we've just been talking about, doing too much, burning out, focusing on doing, doing, doing at work. And not taking any time to slow down. I was I was everybody, burning out. Everybody else's demands on Renee. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to keep up with all those all those demands. Even though I work as a naturopathic doctor, I make recommendations to people to slow down or these kinds of things. I wasn't doing it myself and I found myself burnt out, just like shutting down. The minimum. Yep, exactly. Like everything seemed like a mountain. So the idea for my soul challenge I think came at a time that I needed it especially. So it seemed especially appealing to do that project because it was the thing that I needed. Yeah. Um, It's been the steps out of burnout. Exactly. How cool is that? That's that's goosebumps. Stepping out of burnout. So my soul challenge was created as a game or a tool to encourage, motivate us and in a way, keep us accountable to doing those things that make us either slow down do the things that we love that make us happy, do the things that are important, you know, for wellness, for happiness, for our health, be better people, mm-hmm. be kind people. So it works with challenges. There's the deck of cards. Yes. And I did integrate technology into it. So there's a free app that accompanies oh, okay. the cards. And the idea behind that isn't to use technology. So we're on it all the time, but to use it in a way that keeps us accountable. Right. So we, you get the card. The card has a quote on it. Yes. And with all the all the cards are programmed into the app. So there's a little there's QR code that you can scan with the app, and you're going to get a challenge from that. Oh, and it's going to okay. be something, some act, something that you can do, some action to play the game. You need the app. Now, some people take the cards and don't, and just and just use the message. But I, I wanted to take it a step 
further. And the reason is that I get a lot of either self-help books or books that have a theoretical part Mm -hmm. and an exercise part. Mm -hmm. I love the theoretical part. Never do the exercise part Ah, of the book. So I thought, okay. Make this fun. Exactly. Let's make it fun and a little bit more interactive. So maybe more people will be interested in actually taking action. Is the quotes I love I love quotes, so that's why I chose quotes for the cards. But I wanted it to be to put those quotes into practice. Right. So I created the challenges, they're inspired by the quotes. So we actually put that thought or that wisdom to a habit, not one specific habit, but the habit of self-care or mindfulness right. or slowing the down. Of that card. Exactly. So that was cool. in a nutshell, that's how my soul challenge came to be so it was a it was a big project I getting involved with technology was a bigger project than I expected okay. I learned a lot yeah this is available on Amazon yeah you know it is what I had written in my journal that day it's something I feel I, I feel proud of yeah. it's something I think it's pretty cool absolutely it's, it's accessible you don't have to, have to pay thousands of dollars to right right to go to some conference you might develop a conference out of it. Look at Louise Hay. Well, so that's the next, I thought maybe that's the next step for my soul challenge is yeah. to create a, a course or a conference around it. People need the, the face-to-face. Some people need more guidance. Yeah. Like, give me step by step by step or the 10 things. They're not connected enough to their confidence. Yeah to be comfortable knowing they know what the next like okay the action is i need to eat with people every day or yeah that was one of the things yeah right but what if i'm not confident enough to walk up to my neighbor at work and say can i do you want to have lunch together so sometimes people need the breadcrumb steps exactly take them there exactly and that's something that i've really found quite interesting about this game is that all of the challenges in theory are quite simple drinking water spending time in nature watching the stars listening in theory they're all very simple challenges but we all struggle with some of them so one challenge that might be really easy for you to do because it's something that just comes naturally to you mm-hmm. might be really, really hard and scary for me. And that could be like just, that example, ask your neighbor at that work to have lunch with you. I think those are probably the ones that we need the most. Yeah. What we fear doing is, or most usually is what we need to do. Kind exactly. Of thing, right. So exactly. It, there's so many layers to what's sitting in these cards. And I think personality types or even horoscopes or numerology, all those different things can play into what your strengths are, what your definitely weaknesses are and definitely and how to make. So this is kind of making people a little more rounded. And, yeah, and, uh, it gets us to cool. try a lot of different things too. Gratitude journal. All right, let's give it a try. Do I like that? Nah, not really. Okay, you tried it for a week. Great. You don't. Okay, it's not for you. But you know it's not for you. Right. Right. Because we all hear how great of what gratitude journal is, right? Yeah. People who practice gratitude are happier. happier. Is a gratitude journal really the way that works for me? Or right, or is it just saying it? Exactly. Verbal. But you don't know unless you try. So it's curious how broad the audience can be for this soul challenge of yours. It, exactly. It's and very even cool. in a, even in age. People love right. doing it with their kids, actually. So many people tell me, like, oh, yeah, I do this with my kids. Or one woman has them in her daycare. Or 
in, in um, grade three and four classrooms. I played this cool. and the kids, they love it. Kids love these, love this stuff, right? And they re- they respond to it really well. Well, I think there's probably an element that takes people back to being a kid. What kid didn't lay down on the earth and look at the clouds? Yeah, right? You're talking about look at the stars. It's just a later bedtime. It makes something inside very happy. Yeah. On a very subtle level. Yeah. Like what kid didn't crave having a family dinner? And you're just saying, hey, eat with people you call family. Exactly. So what I found and the reason that, you know, I think this project came to be for me is that even though these are simple things, we need a reason to do them. It's much easier even if it's something like taking our medicine, we'll, we'll give it to our kids or to our pet first before taking it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because we take care of everyone before taking care of ourselves. Yeah. So if we have a reason, if you get a reminder and you have to check mark that you've done something, done something. then you're going to do it. And I, and I see there is another theme from you having the gumption to get out of town and go to university to you having the gumption to create something larger than you to help so many people and help yourself. Yeah. Getting out of town created a life that has created this beautiful tool. Yeah. It's, I guess it's a culmination of all those experiences. Oh yes. You, uh, you had a one-year-old when you were in naturopathic. I had a baby in the, while I was in school. Yeah. Yeah, Lua was born in my, right after my second year of school, right after, for naturopathic medicine, you write two sets of board exams, the first set after second year and the the second set after you graduate. Lua was born not long after that uh, first set of board exams. You had baby brain. I had baby brain studying for an exam. You are a driver. It's also a theme in your personality. (laughs) Incredible. Shifting gears a little bit. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how my sole challenge was intuitively led just by writing a sentence in your book. But how do you get your intuition? I get intuition in different ways. Most times it'll just be a knowing and I use it a lot in my work. If I'm sitting with someone in my work, you know, three people can have the same thing, but I'll treat them completely differently. And often what I use, although there's knowledge behind it, it's led intuitively. It's just like, yep, this is what this person needs. Like this person needs acupuncture. This person needs this herb. They have the same thing, but it comes just as annoying. I've come to just to not question it. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I would doubt it a lot. And then once I started experimenting with it, I found that that's how I got the best results in my work. So that's how I came to to trust my intuitions. When I first started my undergrad degree, I was I started in engineering. So I have a very scientific mind. I love physics. I love chemistry. I love math. I don't have an engineer mind, but I'm very scientific in my mind. So I like proof that things are in my head. So intuition for me was a very, very hard thing to trust. It's something that always intrigued me. It's something that I always thought that others had and I didn't. When people say it's my intuition, I never doubted that we have an intuition, but I just thought that I didn't have one because, you know, you're analyzing, everything is very precise, everything is, you know, very measured. Binary. Exactly. (laughs) 
It's either one or zero. Exactly. So it's when through traveling, you get on a bus somewhere, you just, okay, this is the bus, you've got to trust. For me, that's how I came to develop intuition and just trust it. It's by putting myself in situations that I just had to trust it because I didn't have any other choice. I didn't necessarily speak the language or know anyone or know you where by I was yourself. going. I've traveled, yeah, I traveled a lot by myself. Oh my goodness. Um, so that's a quick study that, of intuition. That's what that's a quick study of it in intuition. So I think that's how I came to build it and trust it a little bit more. In work, it was a whole other ball game of intuition because it's making recommendations to people. So it's, you know, there's a big responsibility there more than just yourself. So it's just a knowing if I sit quietly and meditate, I'll feel it more. I'll get some ideas, comes as ideas. And you write stuff down? I write stuff down a little bit. Writing helps me process a lot. When I write, I find things develop more. If I have a thought, if I'm going through something... Or if there's like some idea, more comes out when I write it down. Okay. Because it's not an abstract thought. It's actual something that's very concrete. concrete. Yes. I'm sure that that there's others that are like that. Because it is true that we put intuition in a box sometimes. Yep. And uh, we, we don't necessarily think we fit in that box. And yet. I'm intrigued with the fact that you didn't want to leave Moncton and you traveled <laughs> around the world in different places where you likely not very many single women would be traveling alone. No, not necessarily. Yeah, taking yeah. the bus overnight to go in the middle of nowhere in South America is not, yeah. Hindsight maybe wasn't the best idea, but I was... You were safe? I was always safe. Nothing bad ever happened to me. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Something tells me that Dalhousie was intuitive because it started the whole process. It started the whole process. When I applied to university, I was offered a bursary from UDM, not from Dalhousie, but I chose to go there. I think I wanted to leave okay. when the time came to do it. Okay. That was a different story. I didn't want to, my parents tried, well, why don't you try UDM? No, I wanted to go. I wanted to leave. And at that time, Halifax seemed far. It seemed like to seemed like a big city. They have a good engineering program. Not that 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 really mattered to me at that time, anyways. But yeah, Dalhousie. So my best friend at the time was also going to Dalhousie. Oh. So it was something that we together we decided we would do. But engineering was more okay. Well, that's what I'm good at. So that's what I'll do. Did you finish undergrad in engineering? No. After my first year, I took a year off. So before going to university, I had applied to the Canada World Youth Program, which is a government youth exchange program. What made you do or that? In high school, I always loved traveling and had like, you know, wanted a desire to travel and okay. to learn different languages. And so I learned about this program from a teacher of mine who had done it when she was younger. So I applied for it, didn't get in, went to university for a year applied again just why not and got in the second year cool and when I went there I learned more about the world more about how the world works more about the history of globalization how that all works and that was really intriguing to me so I decided that I would study international development so I applied to McGill got into McGill went to study international development didn't know what I was getting myself into, but learned a lot. Without knowing, I think a lot of those decisions were 
we're intuition. That's where, because it's just, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, yeah, I want to go to McGill because I want to live in Montreal. All right, just go. Yeah. And trust in it. Yeah. And not look back because you're a doer. I think your intuition comes from actions maybe too. Definitely. It's just like kind of one thing going through one door will open another door will open another door. Mm. It actually does work. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad you've embraced your intuitive side. I did after thinking that that just didn't apply for to me that I was, you know, somehow the exception. I think I've proven to myself many times over that I can accept now that I'm not an exception to intuition that I also you're somewhere on the curve I'm somewhere on the curve (laughs) perfect well thank you so much for today Renee I really appreciate you coming in and this beautiful gift you've given me of my soul challenge thank you so much for having me that'll be awesome thanks again thank you thank you so much for giving us your time today We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.